Hi, I'm Zina, and welcome to Think Law, a podcast series brought to you by four LSE students, where we interview people from different legal backgrounds to guide aspiring law students. This episode will focus on Trisha's experiences as a trainee at Sidley Austin and her journey in completing four vacation schemes at leading U.S. firms. I have the pleasure to be sitting with Trisha Shaw today, a Cambridge Law graduate and a trainee at Sidley Austin. I look forward to exploring her successful journey in commercial law and her experience during her training contract. Hi, Trisha. Hi, Zena. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Could you um, please give our listeners just a brief introduction about you? Yeah. Um, so my name is Trisha Shah. I am a first seat trainee solicitor at Sidley Austin. Um, I started my training contract at the firm in September 2023. Um, so I've been there for four months, um, but I'm originally from Nairobi, Kenya, uh, where I completed my high school education and everything. And then I received an offer to study law at the University of Cambridge in 2018. Um, I graduated from Cambridge in 2021, took a year out to research commercial law and put in my applications and things. Um, I got my training contract offer at Sydney in um, June of 2022, um, started the LPC August 2022, finished that. Um, got six months off and then signed my training contract, um, September, 2023. Great. Very impressive. Um, and so why, why did you want to study law at first? So I don't have an impressive answer on this question because, um, when I was in high school, it's kind of that mindset of a child. It was like, I was in high school and I was like, I want a career that's like foolproof, like something that's going to be, um, kind of, feasible in long term something that's going to give like um, a good salary good security like you're guaranteed you'll have a job somewhere um so i decided it's going to be either like medicine or law because those are like traditionally seen as the careers that are like foolproof um now i, I couldn't do medicine because I, I i like sciences but i'm not the kind of person who can deal with like kind of blood and stuff like that so i was like okay i'll do law instead um so i took a year after high school as well and i started researching like if law was for me and I started reading into like um, books on law and stuff like that. And I, I like the idea of law because it's like, it's very challenging. It's like kind of intense. And I was like kind of also looking for a career that's going to push me. Um, something that like keep me interested in the long term. And most of the books I was reading were on like by Cambridge academics. There's all these traditional books that people recommend. Um, I don't know, the rule of law, lessons to law student, all of them are by Cambridge academics. So I was like, I want to maybe like study at Cambridge and like get direct contact with these academics is actually why I applied to study law. It's not a good decision-making, but it worked out. Yeah, and I'm sure you also gain more certainty when you do that research and, and you understand it a bit more. And yes. did you always want it to go into commercial law? What interests you in that field that specifically? So even this, same with the decision for law. I, I don't know, I'm a kind of person that's like, I don't know, I, I learn as I go along. So again, when I went to university, I was like, oh, I like law, but I didn't know what area. And I was in second year of university and everybody was applying for like training contract applications and things like that. And that was like my first insight into commercial law. I put in applications in second year, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I got interviews at Fresh Wheels and Stores in May, but that literally was an accident. Like it wasn't, I got them because of my grades, but not because of like genuine, like I don't think I deserve them because I ended up at the interviews. I had nothing much to offer and I like, justifiably I didn't get any offers in second year. Um, then when I, each, I took my year after university is when I started doing my research and I started like learning what commercial law was about and I found out that okay I, I actually really like the area um, and 
So what interested me in commercial law was like a few things when I was doing my research. Um, number one, it's like a mix of law and like finance. It's not just full black letter law. You get an insight into like other sectors and other like industries as well. Like if you're working for companies in tech, you learn about tech. If you're working for private equity, you learn about like finance and things like that. So you get to work in other industries, um, which I really like. Second of all, it's very um, like big ticket deals, deals that make the financial times. And it's something that people say, but you don't really understand until you're actually in the field how like how much of a difference it makes when you're working on big deals with big clients and you feel really good. Um, so I wanted to do work like that, like really big deals with big clients that everybody knows and talks about. Um, third is the people in commercial law. It's like you're working for some of the most intelligent people in the field. Um, so you're learning a lot from them, which is kind of like, you get a really good training and I'd recommend like people, everyone thinks like um, maybe become a barrister early on or whatever, like straight out of university. But I recommend like getting if you can into commercial law, because it's like a very good system in place to train you to like hone like basic skills as a lawyer. And later on in life, if you choose that and that's not for you, you have a good training in place to like move laterally into other fields as well. So that's what interested me about commercial law. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's a great foundation, even just in business as well. It's a great I think it it it's like the synergies of all the important factors happening in our in our lives. And so, when you took your gap year before um, starting your before so after university, did you have an idea of what practice area you were interested in? And did you shock yourself now having started your training contract that maybe you're interested in something else? That's, yeah. Um, so when I when I started my research. I didn't know what that's why I took the ear out because I'm like I really want to know exactly like what firms and what areas I'm interested in so I started my research <laughs> I did like a full general sweep of the market of like what firms were on offer like what 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 departments they worked in and after like months and months of research and like attending all these like events with law firms I kind of like found out exactly like what work commercial law, like law firms do how they're like different from each other um, and I kind of like made my own split in my own head so it's like um, the firms in the market that like do, so there's like the general split, like the UK firms, Magic Circle, and then you have the US firms. Um, and then like some firms specialize in like different departments. Some do litigation, like disputes work, disputes or like arbitration, mediation, litigation. Um, others do transactional work. So a lot of like contracts, negotiation and stuff like that. So City does a lot of transactional work. And then other firms do advisory work. So you, you advise clients on like um, regulations, like new regulations and how that could impact the client so that's how different firms differentiate themselves in those three like tenets and then there's other firms that don't differentiate themselves according to work and do themselves according to sectors so like firms working in like technology or real estate or um another industry is like i don't know like um like fashion the luxury brands stuff like that um so when i was doing my research i knew like from the off the bat i'm not a litigation lawyer i'm not interested fully in black letter law or advocacy whether written or spoken um, advisory law sounds interesting. Like I, I know it could be interesting because you get to research law and in the abstract and kind of like you get to just predict like how like legislation affects your client, which is quite interesting because if you're working for clients like Apple or Google, it's fascinating. So I was potentially interested in advisory, but like primarily I knew that I would like to do transactional work or at least have some sort of um, like try at it because um, transactional is more like it's very like present focus like companies are taking over companies or like and they need like loans in place so they need to put in like um contracts in place and you get to do the negotiation you get to be organized you like have leadership over the process um you if you work well, well under pressure it's like it's a good field to work in 
And I know that that's my sort of skill set, like sitting, being organized and like, you know, taking lead of a process like that. It's quite like I was like, I want to do transactional law. And then depending on the sector, I wasn't really interested in things like real estate. Um, people like real estate because it's very like tangible. You get to see property. And I know like, sure, people can do it. But for me, I was not interested at all. I hate land law. I hate property. I'm not like, I don't like stuff like that. I was more like, I like abstract finance kind of things. So I wanted private equity. Um, so when I started doing like research, I was looking for like um, firms that like, specialize in private equity because private equity is like basically heavy duty finance. It's not just like you're doing bare minimum finance. You're working for like the, the like, the like creme de la creme of the finance world. They're like very intelligent people that do the big deals. Um, they're very technical, very fast paced. And I was like, I would like to try. I'm not sure if I could be good at it, but like I'm, I'm interested in seeing, which is why I chose like to apply to firms like Sidley that specialize in private equity and transactional work. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that as well. Those are definitely my interests. I'm sure Sidley is the perfect match. Um, and so I first wanted to ask you some questions about your vacation scheme and then we'll move on to Sidley. So having completed these four vacation schemes and also having the experience to really research them before, how did you tackle applications? Do you have any advice regarding them and also regarding commercial awareness? Okay, uh, that's a very good question. And yeah, that's I feel like two years ago, me would need this. Um, if Yeah, I'm going to try and like see what I would say to myself two years ago. When you're doing applications, research. Like research your, your firm. It's like there's a lot of these schemes that happen um, first year schemes which are good and people like get training contracts straight off the bat of these first year schemes which is good if you're like looking to enter the field but I feel like some of these schemes are flawed because you end up like at a firm you're so excited to get the training contract you end up at a firm and it's like it's nice but you learn later on in life that you're going to be in that field for a very, very long time so you'd rather have done your research and seen like is it like the the work they do is it something that you're interested in because you'll be you end up specializing in an area that later on maybe you might realize it's not for you so I'll start by saying sit down and research really like what firms are in the market. They're all advertised on paper as the same, but they're really not. Like the work they do is different. The personality of each firm is different. Um, the clients they have, the personalities at the firm, even the people you work with is very different. So start by researching the firm on paper. Like, and there's so many websites. There's so many websites that give very good in detail um, information about the firms. Um, personally, I recommend two websites. So there's Legal Cheek. Legal Cheek is like, very short, like bite-sized articles on each firm and they're very like almost like joking, but like they're actually very um, de like real, realistic overviews of the firm. They give like facts, um, salaries, like what are the working hours of the firm, what they specialize in, in very like bite-sized articles. And then if you want more in-depth and a more serious like insight into the firms, go to like Chambers Student UK. That is like, if you just do those two websites, you get a very detailed overview into a firm that that's better than just like doing like applications broadly to all the firms. Um, once you've done your in-paper research, you kind of like figure out some of them are not for you and you can cut them out. Then I recommend my second step is try and get in-person contact at the firms you are like vaguely interested in, even if it's like 15 or 20. Like, I don't know, like um, it's not hard to have in-person contact at these firms because all firms are doing all sorts of events. So like the Sidley Open Day that we met at, it's like, it's very easy to just apply and show up. Um, and they're very like, e like, I don't know, you get more of an insight into the firm that's better than like reading about it on paper. So when you're making your application as well, it's all, you already have like exactly what you like about the firm. It's easy to make your application. It's already tailored. Um, and if you don't want to go in person to the firm, um, try and go for virtual events. There's a lot of like online events you can attend. 
law fairs as well, even if it's like five minutes just talking to somebody at the firm, just get some sort of insight into the personality the firm looks at and see if you like the vibe of the firm. Once you've decided you like the work and the vibe, then is your application. So when you're putting in your application, I recommend tailoring your applications. Don't just make 50, it's like, like everybody gives us advice, but don't make like 50 applications. It's a waste of your time and you're not going to like 50 firms. Like just choose the ones that you've like gone to, you've seen, you really like. Really, like if you've attended the events as well, it's going to be so easy to put in an application. Tailor it to the firm. Talk about the people you talk to. Like I talked to this person, they said this about this firm and that's what I liked. Don't just give general statistics. Like it's not going to help. And then when you're tailoring application, a skill that most people fail to realize is they're not looking for like very detailed information. They don't want like you throwing out like statistics or like very long lengthy arguments. You have to just keep your sentences very short and as simple as possible. It's a skill that every lawyer needs in practice. And if you can show that in your application, it's like almost a shoe in. Make sure there's no grammar, punctuation errors. Again, it's a skill that like is, you need that in this field. Um, one of the first things I learned on my training contract is like your client is paying millions. They do not expect their lawyer to be handing them a document and it's like a, a full stop missing or there's like a capital letter missing. It's it's very poor from your lawyer to do that. So make sure your application is perfect. Um, and then fourth, I, rec- I mean, I just say this, just get ready for rejection. You will not get all the firms you apply to and just be mentally strong because it's not anything personal. But if you do like these things, like I go to the firm, make your application perfect, it just increases your chances. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely agree. And how did you feel like for commercial awareness specifically, how did you develop that? Because I'm sure we'll never be 100% sure about everything that's happening around the world. But as a trainee now as well, do you feel the pressure to constantly know everything? And how do you cope with this? Very good question. Commercial awareness is this weird term that people just throw about. And I don't think many people actually know what commercial awareness means. Like, it's just like, oh, like being commercially aware, you need to know everything in the market. It's not that complicated. Um, And like when I was preparing for my interviews, I was doing like so much. And then you realize it's not, you don't overcomplicate it. And being a trainee, like you're saying, it's not difficult to keep up with stuff. it's, It's like second nature. You don't have to know everything, but it's like literally just a brief glance at the financial times in the morning. You don't have to, it's not like a must, but it's just like, you look at it, you, you, you glance at the like newspaper, you already are like vaguely aware, aware of what's going on. So you don't even need to like, you know, in detail do it. But if you're, look, if you're like new to the application process and like someone tells you develop like commercial awareness, it's not that scary. Um, and I would like divide commercial awareness, like rather than just this abstract term, if you had to put like substance onto what it meant, I would say this maybe like three elements to it. So one is like being commercially aware about the law firm you're applying to, like what like what it specializes in and what it means. When, it's, when they say like, oh, like the firm specializes in finance, what does that mean? Like, it just means that they do financings a lot for a lot of projects. Like they do loans or like bonds and notes about that. Or if they specialize in mergers and acquisitions, what does that mean? It just means they do contracts for one company, stake about the company, simple things like that. Like where the firm you're applying to stands versus how they differentiate themselves from other firms as well. So like Sidley, for example, Sidley and Kirkland, we, we both do literally the same work, right? We're doing private equity, if you don't know, sorry, like people don't know. We both do private equity, but how do we differentiate them our, ourselves? You can just read, like Google it, and you'll just find out, okay, Sidley is like a younger version of Kirkland. We didn't have like private equity, like from way back. We were not one of the major players from the start. It's a more of a recent practice. Um, so then you just think, okay, fine, so it's newer. So if they tell you what, what Sidley is like different, so you can just say, yeah, we have a younger private equity practice. It means like, 
there's more scope to be innovative maybe because it's like it's younger we don't have an established practice there's more scope to take um initiative and broaden the practice this is like issues like think about something this is i don't know that's what i said for my interview but you don't have to be like that you just have to think like what is it about the firm research it basically so um legal cheek chamber student uk best things if you want to get commercial awareness about the firm you're applying to the second thing i'd say about commercial awareness is commercial awareness about news like you said it's just like what's happening in the market currently you don't need to know everything that's happening you don't even need to know like like five or six stories you just need to know like one thing or two things like not even in detail but if you just read the financial times the best thing i can recommend is read the financial times it's not scary again just casually glance at it like oh don't have to take notes don't have to do the details just casually read it like 5 minutes or 10 minutes a day and like if you read it over like 5 days 6 days things just start to settle in more you start like getting more of an insight like everything is it's not like the so many stories is usually like every story is linked to one overall trend and the trends keep repeating themselves so it's like after 5 or 6 days you notice okay the trends in the market high interest rates second i don't know like um something else i don't know like private equity is is not doing good right now because they don't have um debt things like that and then you, all the stories will somehow link to those overall trends you don't need to know everything you just figure out okay the overall trend is basically what's the big thing interest rates are high okay and then so when you do that you when you go for the interviews it's very like easy you just um sorry what i recommend is yeah so just know like the trends in the market from casual reading and second of all just have a deal in mind so like um read the financial times there's always a deal going on but find something that interests you and like so these are the only questions mostly that they'll ask in if you have a commercial awareness interview is usually like um talk about a re- recent article that you read which is when you bring in like okay i saw interest rates are really high and then they'll ask you okay summarize what is the issue interest rates are high and then why does that interest you talk about like i don't know i have an interest in finance blah 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 and then what do you think are the implications of interest rates being high and if you're read literally like for even 5 days of financial times you'll have an insight of like okay fine um interest rates are high what does that mean cost of borrowing is high what does that mean people can't borrow what does that mean they don't borrow they don't spend what does what does that mean consumption falls what does that mean economic growth falls simple and they're like okay fine she's not like dumb she's smart right and then also have a deal in mind that's the other question they can ask apart from a news article they'll just ask like talk about a deal that interested you so you don't have to read everything just literally just read about one deal and it'll like give you an insight you'll be like okay the deal that i like is like this company to cover this company why does that interest you because it is in like fashion or luxury and i'm interested in that and then what do you, what are the implications of that and just talk about what is interesting about the deal it's not that complex past that, those two they don't tend to go more further into commercial awareness but then there's a third part of commercial awareness which is now what is technical and there are only a few firms that go to that extent of like technical commercial awareness and it's usually like american firms like kirkland If you go like if you're part of Kirkland they'll have like a very technical interview on like private equity like describe what is the model of private equity and it's not as scary as it sounds weird enough and you know the funny thing is a lot of people don't apply to Kirkland because of that it's like we don't want to do the research into like that so they don't apply but if you're the one out of those like a thousand people that take the initiative to just do a bit more research into the model of private equity it's not as scary and you will it's like you will be very few so it's a like higher chance of you getting the like training contract i'm not saying it's like the, the highest chances but it's not as scary as it sounds and the questions are not that deep it's like technical questions but very like simple like um if you read if you just google what private equity is it literally just be like okay what is private equity um what is the how do private equity firms work what how do they borrow like why do they borrow basically the private equity model is that 
they love taking over companies, but they li- love doing it by borrowing a lot of money rather than using their own like equity. And then why? It's because like of higher um, interest, sorry, higher rates of return. They get like better um, return on investment, sorry, yeah. Um, and it's not as scary. So those are the three elements of commercial awareness. Um, and in summary, basically for firm awareness, legal cheek, chamber student UK, for commercial awareness generally, just read Financial Times casually. And for technical awareness, if you want to like do more research, there's things like um, the Corporate Law Academy that have like short videos on like private equity, or you could just Google it. Thank you. And so the last question regarding your vacation schemes, what type of tasks did you do as a trainee or as a um, vacation scheme trainee? So the tasks on the vacation scheme are literally similar to trainee tasks. Um, and it depends on the firm you're at, but they're very simple, very, very simple tasks. They're not very complex. And in this regard, I, I have to say, like, don't focus on the task you're given. It's rather the process of the task. So if you you can, it should be like as simple as like, I don't know, like, um, there are five articles that came out in the Financial Times. Could you just copy paste the headlines into a spreadsheet? And you'd be like, oh, that's like really easy. Like, yeah, it's easy, but they're not, they're just giving you a task. Yeah, but you can take the initiative and switch it. And if you want to stand out from other people in the vacation scheme, I'd say it's the process of doing the task rather than the, the actual task that is important. So like, even if this, if you're given a task, like copy paste headlines, don't just do it. Ask them like, okay, what is the purpose of the task? Ask the right questions. Like, why, 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 why do you want me to do that? And like, how does that feed overall into the work that the firm does? Um, can, I, can I ask if there's like a format, like anything else I can do to help um, make the spreadsheet better or something? Or like, when do you want this by? Ask the right questions. When you're doing the task, don't just copy paste and you're done. Like look at the articles, read them, maybe come up with questions and ask, oh, I read this article, I found it interesting. Could you talk to me more about this? And then go and send them the task. And when you're sending them the task, ask them, like, um, is there any feedback you have? Is there anything I could do, have done to improve it? Even if they say, oh, it's perfect, you can be like, okay, fine. But in the future, um, would you recommend there's something I can do better? And you're not going to annoy them. Weirdly enough, it feels like you're going to be, like, annoying them, especially if they're busy. But these are the things that stand out. So when they're giving you feedback, no matter how easy the task is, how badly you've even done it, they'll remember these things. Like, But she was really curious and enthusiastic, and she asked for feedback. So... That's what I recommend, like when you get the vacation scheme task. Thank you. That's that's great advice. Um, and so now regarding Sidley, do you have any advice, first of all, regarding the application process? I mean, I, I know we've already covered quite a few, uh, but if you have any specific advice regarding Sidley. So um, the advice I recommend earlier, like research the firm, have contact with the firm, um, tailor your application, um, so for Sidley, especially, like um, Sidley's application isn't as complex as some of the firms. We don't have the like Watson Glazer situational judgment test. Um, it's and nothing. It's not nothing complex. It's not like even the interview. There's no team exercise or like any technical interview, anything like that. That happens in the vacation scheme. So Sidley is very simple. It's an application form with three questions, and each of them have like a word limit of a hundred. I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to say. I think some words or characters. Um, one is like just bullet point your achievement, which is simple. And then second is like why Sidley, why law? And again, if you've researched the field, if you've had contact with the firm, it's a very easy thing to um, answer. If you can name drop, just say like, I talked to this person from the firm or I attended this event and they tend, this is very important. This is why you attend like events with the firm because if you had, from an insider's perspective, I know that for a fact, um, if you come to the firm and they like you, they note down your name. So when your application does go in, the highest chance of you getting in is they'll just remember you and be like okay fine we need to interview her 
so you have a higher chance of getting an interview. So if you can attend events with a firm, do so. If not, it's not the end of the world because I didn't and I still managed to get an interview. Um, so why law, why Celine? And the third question is usually a commercial question. So again, if you develop commercial awareness by reading the Financial Times um, casually or even like... Um, even if you want to pick up something from your own like degree, something that is like a topic that interests you, do that. But I would recommend this question is like dangerous because it's like you if you end up talking about things like um, like real estate or something, and Sidley doesn't specialize in the area, it's not like bad. It's not bad because sometimes they will take you in because your answer is like still correct. But try not try and avoid areas of like the firm you're applying to. It doesn't specialize in them. If you can, for example, Sidley. Um, so right now, Sidley, if I give you like just maybe like something about Sidley, like a detailed overview of Sidley. Sidley right now, there's a, a few partners that are trying to establish more of like sports private equity right now. It's very big. So a lot of finance people are trying to buy stakes into like sports clubs because they're realizing sports is like a market that never goes down no matter what. Like whether the economy is in like recession or in a boom, it, it like people just like sports, right? So everyone's trying to invest in sports and there's a lot of like things that have happened in sports recently. Um, so one of Sidley's biggest deals a few years ago was uh, Clearly Capital, the private equity fund. We represented them when they took over Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Football Club. Um, and so the same partners that worked on the deal are trying to like build that practice in like sports private equity. And recently, this is also if you are looking for like a, a deal, like a, an interesting deal for your just general commercial awareness questions or like an area that's like, yeah, like talk about trends in the market. This is a good thing to talk about as well, like sports private equity is on the rise. And like last year, especially, there's a lot of like um, private equity funds that have bought in stakes in English Premier League clubs. So um, Dynasty got a stake in Liverpool. And then in December, literally just like Christmas Eve, a few weeks ago, um, Ineos, so Sir Jim Ratcliffe, he's like a big guy in finance. He bought a stake in Manchester United. So if you're applying to Sydney, this is like good things to talk about because it's like they, they're trying to build that area in. And the deals are quite interesting as well if you're looking to read the Financial Times from right now, just go research that and it'll help for interviews if you're having them soon. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely in interesting and also showing the growth of the of the practice area as well. Um, and so what, what would you say, what are other factors would you say that differentiates the firm? So you've said about um, private equity that it's a bit younger and maybe it could be more innovative because of that, but are there other factors that you would say made you also choose to train at Sidley? That's good. So when I was researching Sidley, um, I applied to a lot of firms that just specialize in like transactional work, um, private equity. Um, and yeah, so when I was like interviewing, asking me why Sidley is what I literally said was like, yeah, because it's younger in the market. It means that there is more scope as like trainees or associates to ask for more work and get more responsibility. Um, another reason Sidley and just American firms in general, I, I would say they're better personally for me. And if you're like that, like working in smaller teams, you're not like uh, UK firms tend to have many trainees, which is not a bad thing, to be honest. Like um, it just means that you you have like more departments and more work. But American firms is like a leaner intake. So you like my uh, Sidley is only 15 trainees per year they take, which means like you get more um, face time with your associate supervisors, partner supervisors. You, you They know who you are. And I can say works in practice, like having started my training contract. Um, you're not just one of many. They know you. They know your strengths, your weaknesses. You're able to ask for personalized feedback. Um, you can personalize your training to what you like. So if you like, for example, I'm in the seat of um, 
structured finance and real estate finance right now and I wasn't I was playing real estate finance alone and I asked if I could get more work in structured because I was like I like that more than real estate finance so you you're able to tailor your own like training contract um so I applied to Sydney because of the small intake and then third is literally the people is I think the biggest factor that people fail to realize is the people make the biggest difference to the job you might think you can work at every firm but each firm has its own personality and sometimes you don't fit in and when you start like if you go for these in person events you'll just find out so when I came for my vacation scheme in Sydney, it like almost clicked. It's like you just walk into the firm and your first day, you just feel like you fit in. You, like you don't have to try hard. Your personality just fits in. You don't have to fake a personality. Like you don't have to be the loudest person, or the most confident person. You can just be yourself and you fit in. And well, I, I fit in at Sydney. So when I finished the vacation scheme, I was like in my head, I like this is the firm I want. And that's what saw me in Sydney. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's a great experience, I'm sure. And so how is your seat going in, in structured finance and also in real estate finance? How how are you liking it and what type of tasks do you do within it? And what is the team as well? Just um, So Sydney has um, a part, like we, we have a good structured finance practice. So we did not have, like, um, as I said, like we, do, we didn't specialize in private equity from the start. It's like a recent, like a younger practice, but how we were really strong in the US, like Sydney was strong in the US was because of structured finance. Um, so structured finance, if you guys don't know, because I, mean, I didn't know this, structured finance is like, it was very big in the 2000s um, where people take like products and securitize them. It's like, you just take a bunch of loans or like mortgages and then you um, kind of package them into a product and you sell that product on the market. Um, and what happened was like somebody in the 2000s took like a lot of these mortgages sold them but they were like really faulty mortgages and that's what caused the 2008 financial crisis so after that like structured finance kind of went down in demand because of that and like that's when private equity started on the rise and that's why Sydney diversified into private equity um so I started my seat I didn't get one of my choices like I didn't get any of my choices and I got put in real estate finance and I don't know like I I, I don't really like property personally like it's not like something I'm interested in but I was like okay fine let's see what how it goes so I ended up doing the C and like four months. Yeah, I, I did the work for a few, a while. And I realized that I genuinely don't like that area. Um, so I asked like, is it possible for me to like get work in structured finance? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And I got lucky enough that so there was an associate that needed a trainee and I got put in this very exciting deal. And then I fell in love with structured finance. And I was like, I thought I liked private equity, but now I'm liking structured finance. Um, it's very complex, very financial and very interesting is all I say, yeah. And if you're able to disclose, of course, could you tell us what the deal is that, or if there's another deal that interested you specifically, unless you're not able um, to. I can't disclose. Confidentiality. You know, I get knocked off. So this is what you learn as well. So when you're like a lawyer, these kind of things, these small things, if you like disclose even like a small detail, apparently it's like a breach of like um, the SRA principles. I can't talk about the deal fully, but I can tell you like briefly, like an overview of what's happened. It's like a very big deal in the billion euro sect, like price range. It's um, involving a lot of like the big banks in the market and a big private equity fund. And it's very interesting because it's like, the you start learning as well. Like you think the deals are repeats. It's like they securitize the product. So it must be like a repeat, but it's like a very good example of a deal that like started. And I, I was very lucky enough to get put at, at the inception of the deal in October. And I saw it, I saw it till the end. So it just closed this uh, Monday. So I got to see the deal from start to finish. It was very exciting as a trainee because, like, 
I've learned a lot literally just from starting and finishing the deal and even some other process of like progress of the deal works, like what are the typical steps in a transaction and as a trainee, like what can you do to be more helpful? Um it started in October and then something happened in November. It's like it, it's, it was supposed to be a typical transaction, but something happened. They introduced a whole regulatory framework and then you kind of see like how the partner, how the associate worked to like incorporate that, how they change documents. And it's very, it sounds really boring when I'm explaining it, but in practice, it's really fascinating. You get to sit in on a client calls, you see how like intelligent these people really are and you I ended up like learning a lot on the deal and when it was closing it's like you get to take initiative and like ask can I get more and you end up doing things and I was allowed to like close the second part of the deal it was very exciting as a trainee I would say so that's a deal I've really enjoyed working on no that's very interesting I'm sure it's also very rewarding as well for you and so what type of tasks or what do you do so how can you facilitate that deal for instance just to understand that's good oh yeah um so basically um so training tasks are not as boring as people make it sound. You do that, yeah, you, you will definitely do the tasks that nobody else wants to do because you are the lowest person in the totem pole. So things like, the which is what I'm doing right now, after the deal closes, you will be doing the Bible, which is like, you have to get all the documents, which is I think 150 something documents, and you'll be the one like having to date them, make sure signatures are there, like name, label, and then send them off to clients, which is not the most fun task, but you do it and you learn. Again, you have to have the mindset of like, it's going to teach me something. And it's teaching me a lot again. So if I have to do that, I feel like, honestly, if I had to do the deal again, I would know what's going on better and I'd be more helpful. Um, other tasks that you do, so when the deal is starting, again, this is a very helpful task. You do the documents list and the working parties list. So it's like you as a trainee would be the one writing down all the documents that's needed on the deal, who's responsible for the documents, how, where are the documents currently, who's preparing them, has drafts been sent, and the working parties list like who is on the deal like who are the different parties and what individual is in like under what council who are the different councils around the world um and you as a trainee now like these tasks are boring but you end up having the most knowledge on the deal because it's like you're the one who knows where the documents are who is who so whenever any task comes they will literally come to you and ask you like okay so where's this document you can give it if you take initiative um and if you want more responsibility you can ask oh i know that like i know that person i can go and email them and whatever and they give you the task um and the more you keep showing that you're kind of like knowledgeable about the transaction, you've taken initiative, they'll give you more work. So they'll tell you draft this document and then like have a go at doing this. You get to sit in on client calls as well. Um, and then when it's closing time, it's your time to shine. You're basically responsible for everything on closing. So all the documents, you'll be, the one, you'll be taking them, dating them, checking everything is correct, um, signatures, sending them out to all the parties, compiling them and then sending them off to clients and officially closing the deal. Those are the typical yeah. tasks, I'd say, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I'm sure you facilitate a lot of that, and especially with the transactional Bible, I'm sure that's a uh, quite a task as well. And so, so you said you're it's it's your fourth month now on the seat, or what are you? Yeah, have you chosen yeah, your month. next seats? Yeah. So we just um, we saw our next seat in March. So I have officially like six weeks left in this seat. Um, um, so I didn't get my first choice and I didn't get any of my choices to see. I got real estate finance and I think I'm one of the only few that didn't get it. So I'm like trying to gear my training contract now to get into like proper private equity work. So I'm trying to get into corporate private equity, so like, like fully, um, private equity mergers, like companies taking over companies, or I'm trying to look into restructuring, which is like, um, um, private equity firms, like they buy out like companies that are underperforming the market and then they restructure them and make them more valuable. So it's like that department does a lot of that work. 
and I'm interested in that as well. So I'm looking at either those two for my next week. Yeah, that's very interesting. And overall, what do you think are, are factors that are impacting the legal industry? I'm sure there's quite a lot for the private equity industry, but I know we spoke about um, interest rates, but I don't know, just as a commercial question. What are the um, like general in the, in the legal industry right now? It's very mm -hmm. complicated. Okay, that one I can't I can't answer that. For like, let me think off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, things that are impacting the legal industry right now. It's very complex to say because yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is literally interest rates are being are very high. Um, so interest rates are high. So the private equity, if you're looking to apply into private equity, there's a lot of articles in the Financial Times coming out that like private equity is struggling because how they take over firms is like they. I, I don't I don't want to bore people with the diesel of this, but it's like when they take over firms, they borrow eighty percent debt and then use twenty percent of their own equity. So um, because interest rates are high, it's very difficult for them to borrow the eighty percent debt to take over another like eighty percent loans basically to take over that another company. So there's a lot of like there's less deals in the market currently because of that, um, and they're sitting on a lot of like equity right now. And there's a lot of like um, companies that they bought in the past that they have to get rid of because the private equity model works like that. It's like they buy underperforming companies right now, restructure them, make them valuable, and then sell them off in a few years. But now it's like because the market is very low, they're not able to sell off their company. So the deals are kind of low at the moment, but. Um, the, like it's more complicated than that because it's not like black and white it's not like private equity will just shut down it's more like um over time the economy is like that it's a cycle rather than like a straight line it just finishes it'll like market will adapt and it'll come back up um cost of living has been really high as well um real estate is a big thing as well right now it's one of the areas i absolutely hate and i i do not like that dip, like area at all but if you're interested in real estate there's a lot going on there on like commercial real estate as well so um because of people working from home, COVID, all of that, we're feeling the impacts of that right now. A lot of like commercial, like last year especially, um, WeWork went bankrupt because nobody is like working in WeWork. So these shared working mm -hmm. spaces and things like that. A lot of commercial mortgage leases are like struggling to pay like the continued leases because nobody's working mm -hmm. in offices. So a lot of like defaults happening in that area and the market is adapting in that area. So it's like they're trying to, they're becoming non-performing loans and they're trying to adapt again in that area. It's big if you're interested in that. Um, yeah. What else is a big thing happening? I think, yeah. These are very complex. I don't think you need to know the details of this for like interviews and things like that, unless mm -hmm. you're interested. Like, but yeah. It's interesting to see how the law firm operates as a business. I know they always ask that, but just in general as well, because they are also profiting from all these deals. So it's always, I always try to think about it, how it connects to it. Um, but I just wanted to thank you so much for your time. I'm sure all of our listeners are really grateful for this advice and very insightful advice on, on applications and the vacation schemes, internships, and also Sidley Austin. It's very um, invaluable advice. And even for me, it's, I find it very interesting. So thank you so much for your time. No worries at all. I'm glad I could help in any way. Um, and please, no. please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn if you need any help with anything, because I'm always happy to do so thank you thank you so much